0: welcome back to the fearless fostering podcast i'm your host kathleen burst lcsw and today i am so excited to welcome catherine young to the podcast she is a therapist and she is an expert in all things attachment so i would love for you catherine to just tell us a little bit about your background before we get started
1: yeah, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have been in the field for well over 25 years, working with children and families, largely. Um, even in my uh, in my education, I focused on on kind of that pop- those you know those groups. I have worked in day treatment programs. I've worked in foster adoptive programs. I've worked in children's shelters, and I've also worked in um, youth probation, along with. Other kind of outpatient and other kinds of settings as well. So I have uh, quite a bit of experience in in the field.
0: Well, thank you just for being willing to be here and share with us. Because I think sometimes I hear from foster parents and being a foster parent and adoptive parent myself, I often, you know, do wonder what are the things that we really need to know from an attachment perspective. Because there's such a myriad of information. Sometimes it gets to feel like a lot. Could you kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown of how and why attachment theory and attachment work is so important to foster parents and adoptive parents?
1: Sure. Um, Attachment theory is basically the idea that the first relationships that children have with their primary caregivers kind of affects almost all aspects of their life going forward, but in particular, their relationship relationships going forward. And I think something that's useful a useful way to think of it is that, you know, a, a young child has very limited experience, and if their experience with their first primary caregiver is problematic in a lot of ways, um, they develop, as their brain's growing, they, they seem to develop a sort of a template or an idea of what relationships are, what family is and also ideas about themselves. Um, we know young children think everything that happens has something to do with them. Um, it's just the way they're they're developmentally growing. And so if bad things are happening, there must be something wrong with me. So that kind of gets in there. And so what, what ends up being hard is this template also about relationship and like people are gonna hurt me or it's not safe to be in relationship. Is pretty rigid and and often very hard. Like if you have a child who has a lot of early trauma, it's very hard to um, to shift that. And so a child can then, you know, three or four go into a new home and they're still carrying this with them. And they they may have had they may have very different types of adaptations. They may be very superficially charming or they may be very oppositional there may be just different ways that they're adapting to this kind of mind frame or this this mindset that they have and so so it's important i think for foster parents and and other caregivers to to just be aware that this is this may be what's coming in (laughs) and that you know if you're not aware of that you can be kind of blindsided like why is this child acting like this why is this going on and I'll also add in, on to that behavior also can be related, of course, to um, you know not having the skills. Um, if these children haven't had uh, a healthy early childhood, um, they just also may not have the skills to deal with stress and, and overwhelm, and so there may be tantruming, stuff like that.
0: Hmm. Yes, and I think that's one place where fear can kind of enter the equation as prospective foster parents or even just new foster parents or parents who are, like you said, experiencing that the child was this, and now they're this. And it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't make sense to me. So what is something that foster parents can do when they start to notice maybe there is some attachment issue going on, or they assume there is, but they don't know how to deal with the behaviors that they're seeing?
1: Yeah, um, that's, that's a very complex question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, how do you deal with
1: this? Um, I wrote a whole book about it. We um... do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so also, I mean, we can almost assume most children in foster care have had some kind of disrupted attachment, right? Just just by the definition of that they've been removed from a primary caregiver. Now the the levels, I, I do see sort of attachment injury or attachment challenges as sort of a spectrum. So the level may be um, very varied. So but if you start to know something in like you're thinking this child has kind of an extreme may have an extreme attachment challenge. Um yeah, you 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 want to do a number of things. Um, you know, sort of baseline you want to create safety in the home, but that's not gonna be probably enough because again they're gonna be seeing things through this lens, through this rigid template of like this is the way the world is, and they'll tend to not see, and we, we all do this, so I, I, this isn't just children and just attachment to children, we all have ideas of how the world works, and we tend to see those things that fit with our worldview, and we tend to not see those things that don't, and so these children will will uh, likely be doing that as well, and, and around relationship and, and everything else. Um, so you want to, first, you want to create safety, you can't really go anywhere if you don't create safety, so that's sort of baseline, and then you want to build on, work on building connection and there's ways to do that, of course. Um, You want to get this child in therapy and you want to make sure the therapist that you're working with knows what knows about this.
0: (laughs) You know, there are,
1: (laughs) you know, there are some amazing therapies that don't work for this population. If you have a child with really strong attachment challenges and they're doing non-directive play therapy without the parent involved that's not likely to change that dynamic it's it's they need more than that they need more structure and they need more sort of uh support in in sort of shifting where they're coming from so you want to get them into therapy Said you want to build connection there are also ways that you can help them just sort of daily kind of restory their story um just by what you notice and how you notice it during the day so those are some of the things you want to do um of course i'm you know, those are broad, broad concepts. And like I said, it's a complicated, complicated answer.
0: But that's so important, I think, just to even get those the broad answers, because I think, you know, people think, gosh, what should I what can I do? I think so many people and I've talked to other guests on the podcast have this feeling that like, kids in foster care are broken. And they're, you know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle those behaviors. And I think, if we can just educate people a little bit more around what it would look like to get some help for these kids and many times you know agencies and department of child and family services they provide therapy they provide that you know as it is a resource to foster and adoptive families so that's really good to know hey foster mama i just wanted to make sure you heard about fearless fostering my deeply connected group coaching program for foster mamas fearless fostering is reopening for enrollment in january the program includes a luxury retreat, a curated community of foster mom friends, and ongoing coaching with me. Applications are open now for everyone on the waitlist, and there are only 10 spots available for this round of the program. You can join the waitlist today at fearlessfostering.com. So, what would you say to someone who is maybe fearful or nervous about having to potentially deal with some attachment issues in a child and feeling kind of maybe that that's an overwhelming thought that would keep them from exploring it a little bit more or maybe inviting a a foster child into their home. I mean, I, I think they do
1: need to look at their capacity. I, I think anyone does. Any, anyone who's going to take a child in their home needs to look at what, what what's my capacity. And not all foster children are going to be on the extreme end also. So they need to be aware that there is this sort of spectrum. Um, some children may have had, a, you know, a fairly healthy first. And we know, actually know the research is starting to show more and more. It's those very, very first few months that are super critical, <laughs> super critical. And then it's critical, you know, people say up to three years. But, you know, your ch- the child may come in. Into, into the home and and be able to attach and connect and, and just have some struggles, maybe some um, get dysregulated easily. So so there's a whole range. So what, that's one thing they need to know, that there's a whole range of, of of challenges. And again, they need to know what their capacity is, make sure that they have support and that they have a good support system, um, both a professional, like you're talking about, like therapists and social workers and so on and so forth, but also what's their family support? What's their friend's support? What are their natural supports? Um, you know, really wants want to wanna make sure you've got those in place and I mean, from the get-go, if, you, if they have a child in their home and they're working with a therapist, they can ask the therapist also for maybe even coming up with a plan. If we start to see this, what do we do? If we start to see that, what do we do? Um, so that, that can kind of relieve that anxiety. We all feel better if we know that, okay, if this child throws a complete fit for two hours, how am I going to manage that? If we have a plan in our head, it'll be a lot less stressful than if it just like if, if we're not you know if we're like ah you know what do i do with this minute so i think i think planning really would would help a lot for uh for foster parents who are a little bit nervous about that and um mm. and again just remembering there's a whole range you know not all foster kids are going to be super super challenging
0: yeah that's so important to remember thank you and i was curious too about this range that you're talking about because you know you know parents certain foster parents are fostering babies right from the hospital and certain ones are, you know, fostering teenagers who maybe had multiple placements or who are just obviously a lot older and have more experience in those first families. Um, So can you talk a little bit more about the range? And then just, as you say, what can we do as, as parents to kind of be keyed into, is this an attachment issue? Is this normal development? You know, some people just don't know the difference.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good questions. Um, you know, I I I always kind of jokingly say, you know, we all have attachment issues.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, really, if you think about it, very
1: few of us had the, like the perfect parents you know i mean and that's nothing (laughs) against parents parenting is hard and and you know foster parenting is hard and it's really hard and none of us are perfect and as a parent myself i know i wasn't perfect i'm not perfect so so the range is but but most of us are able to kind of work that out right we're able to kind of figure out through life through our other relationships um maybe we even go to therapy maybe we don't but maybe that's helpful um and we kind of figure it out right we're able to move forward so some of the kids are going to be like that they had some challenges early but they still have this. I mean, I think even even the kids with more severe attachment challenges still have sort of a biological drive to attach. I mean, it's kind of a survival thing. And then at the same time, they're trying to push away. So that's that's very hard. But um, but yeah. So 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 the mild is is you know, you me whoever. Um. <laughs> you know and we, we just figure it out or we, we learn and we, we grow around it and we grow around our relationships and we change the way we think about relationship and and then uh, and then the extreme would be a child who had you know early severe neglect seems to be worse or actually in some ways than than is a, you know then of course severe abuse is bad as well <laughs> It's all bad um but but neglect severe neglect like being just completely... Left as an infant and not attended to um, can can create some severe attachment challenges. Yeah, so on that on that end of the spectrum, you've got a child who is you know, is is really fearful of relationship, really, and also can be in very much in survival mode, like it's not safe, it's very scary. Um, And so they're reacting against foster parents, against any, you know, anyone who's in that kind of parenting role. So that would be kind of the other extreme. And that can be, of course, obviously very challenging. And um, and then, and sometimes that could, and that can manifest in different ways. That can manifest, as I said, like in the child who seems very, very charming, but as soon as um, the relationship starts to get closer, they start to do sort of uh, hurtful things they they break things sneakily or you know so you can have that kind of sneaky type you know going on or it could be just more overt or it could be the child that goes to anyone and as they start to get close to someone they just go to someone else i mean they, they just will not will not sit with one person so so it manifests in a lot of different ways and then i think the second part of your question is like how do you tell the difference yeah temp, a temper tantrum is not in a three-year-old is not a um fairly an attachment issue <laughs>
0: That's right? <laughs> uh, what's it? I said, well, that's a relief.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. At home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, how do you tell the difference? I think, again, I think, you know, if, if you're a foster parent um, and you're caring for foster children, you kind of want to assume that all of them are going to have a, at least a little bit of attachment challenges and so you want to put in place things the things that you might put in place are actually good for all children it's not like oh just because you have an attachment injury you need safety all children need safety just because you have an attachment injury you need you know special Connection. Um, all children need connection. So, if you can set up your home in sort of an attachment-aware way, and set up your interactions with all the kids, I think you'll be you know, you'll be a step ahead. You don't need to wait till the child is is having a, a really super hard time. But the things that might indicate. Uh, an attachment challenge. Um, the child who, you know, all children also this is fairly normal will act out more with their parents than with other people. <laughs> that that's fairly normal. It's not unusual for the child to be great in school and then come home and and you know throw a fit because they're having a bad day or they're overwhelmed or whatever. But if the if the behavior is extreme at home, like is the child is literally trying to assault the parent Um, and yet at school and every other setting they're totally fine that definitely suggests a a significant challenge uh, attachment challenge and if you're if the child never so a, a healthy in a healthy attachment a child will reference their parents they they will they're in a strange situation they'll look back at their parents make sure everything's kind of okay sort of check in with them that way. If they're doing something new and exciting, they'll say, hey, mom, look, hey, dad, look. If you have a child who is not in any way engaging with the parent, even with the parent making efforts to engage, um, it's not totally on the child. (laughs) But if the parent's kind of making an effort to, to develop that relationship and the child just simply is not, it's like the child's like their own little adult, that's that's a warning sign. Um, another warning sign is the child who goes to anyone um, and jumps in their lap and holds their hand and is ready to walk off with the, the stranger they just met. That's a concern. So those are some of the, the sort of big red flags for, um, for attachment uh, mm. challenges.
0: Thank you. That is so helpful just to kind of have some things that we could you know, be aware of and be looking out for. But I also wanted to circle back to when you talked about connection and safety, because I know those are huge things that even we hear in our foster parent training classes. But I know I, th- I think there's a lot more that we could know and learn about setting up our homes in such a way that we really are setting up for uh, attachment in a most secure way as possible. So what would you say for just some tangible things foster parents can do as they bring a new child into the home to really set them, set the scene for security and, and, a healthy
1: attachment yeah I think one thing is lowering sort of the chaos in the home a lot of homes get chaotic especially if there's lots of kids they get chaotic that's not necessarily unhealthy but for a new child coming in in particular um, that can be really overwhelming and triggering and 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 so you want to kind of have some routine set up you kind of want to if you've got rambunctious children you also really good idea to have a space where the child can go if they can't have their if they can have their own room that's great if they can't have their own room um, even just a, a little fort you know a little little child tent or something someplace they can go to separate if they want to um so that they can um that you know that has some cozy things and not not a this isn't at all a disciplinary thing not like oh you need to go to your your you know your little tent or whatever this is like if they just need to get away from the chaos um have sort of a safe place to go and then then helping you know the environment be as as uh, kind of calm as possible would be kind of ways to start i think okay
0: Great. Thank you so much. That is so helpful. I know you had said you've written a book, which is actually how I found you in the first place. I would love for you to share a little bit about (laughs) your work and um, and what you have kind of presented in, in your book.
1: Yeah, I've written uh, two books. One book is for therapists, uh, which is called Multimodal Attachment Therapy, which is M-M-A-T, it's the acronym, M-MAT is what I call it. And that is for for therapists working with children with, you know, significant attachment challenges. Um, And then the other one is uh, for parents. It's for parents, foster parents, caregivers. It's Understanding Attachment Injuries in Children and How to Help, a Guide for Parents and Caregivers. And there are a number of good uh, sort of attachment based parenting books out there i think um how i can say mine is a little different I, I think it it speaks really again i think all the interventions in here are actually good for all children but it does speak to parents who are parenting children with real significant attachment challenges um so I, so it's it's it really focuses on that and some of the ideas and then um you know and of course it talks about like we said safety and building connection i think what's another thing that's maybe unique in this book is the piece on sort of helping the child re I haven't seen that in other books, like ways that you can help the child start to notice the positive things, the things that don't fit with that sort of negative template they may be carrying. So I think that's a, a, a new piece. I also think that this book is written in a way that's easy to read. I think some of the, some of the books that are out there are great books, but you're kind of slogging through them to get through them. And I find that even as a professional sometimes with some of the books. So I think, so that that's, that's, that's my little plug for my book. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And I, I think it's such a good resource for all of us. And I love how you said, like, this is for all children. It's not necessarily... You know, yes, it's helpful for kids with trauma. And of course, kids in foster care have experienced trauma in some way, shape, or form, just being in foster care and um, removed mm-hmm. from primary caregivers, but that this is work that can extend and should extend to, you know, all the kids in our home and and just what a great resource to be able to have it be an easy to read, easy to access for everybody and just tangible things that we can do. So I really appreciate that. And I recommend it. I hope everyone can get their <laughs> hands on it. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Where can people find out more about your books or just your work and online? Is there a place where people could come and get more information about you, Catherine?
1: Yeah, um, I do have a website, which is uh, m-mat.org. And there you'll find a page on the the parenting book and then on the other book and um, and a little more about me, maybe. And then there's also a Facebook page, which is m mat multimodal attachment therapy it's the kind of the whole thing but if you put an m-mat you'll probably find it okay, perfect. <laughs> um so yeah so i have that facebook page and um and then of course uh, you can find the book at uh really anywhere you can order books um so it's definitely on amazon but you can also do barnes and noble or some or you know any other bookstore that you can order books through you can you can get the books so
0: Awesome. We'll make sure to link it all up. And I actually just thought of one more question that I want to ask you if that's okay. So as an adoptive mom who's adopted out of foster care, I know some of my other listeners are as well. Where, like, how, when do you start talking about adoption and that first story? Cause I know you talk a lot about restoring, but how do you, what is like a great way to introduce that to a child? I know it's best to have it never be a a thing that they didn't know. So we've we've shared with our son that he is. But of course at three years old, you know, who knows how much he's understanding. Do you have a, a good guideline or best practice for sharing that adoption, faster to adopt story with kids?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, what a great what a great story. You know, gosh, I met you when you were two and I saw your cute, beautiful face and I just fell in love. And then you came to live with us for a while and I knew, you know, this is the story you want to tell, right? I, you know, and then at some point I knew that I wanted you to be in my life forever. You know, what a great story. There's, you know, there's no shame there. There's no, you know, negatives there. In the therapy model, there is a, um, there is a piece on, on doing the restoring in therapy. And um, if you have someone who's trained in this, where you start from the beginning and, and the birth of the child. And again, I would do this in therapy. Um, <laughs> but you do it in a such a way that really is shame reducing and that is... Um, really takes the responsibility for the negative things that happened off of the child and then, um, and then move forward. But yeah, I think that story is, it's such a lovely story. You know, I, I, gosh, I, I fell in love, you know, I I fell in love with you. I wanted you in my life for the rest of my life. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. You know?
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that because it just, it feels like, like you said, shame reducing, because I I hate that there is shame in our culture sometimes around foster care and adoption, but that, it, it is a beautiful story and I really appreciate a professional's opinion to be able to say that and just so selfishly <laughs> thank you. And I know yeah. it will benefit a lot of other people as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you could, you could tell that story fairly regularly to your child, especially a three-year-old, you know, yeah. just talk about the day I met you and just how wonderful that was. And even though there's hard things too, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. You have just friend sure, lovely to talk to and so wise. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you. It's great to meet you. And I uh, appreciate being able to be on here.